It's time for the Flagler Radio Business Report, a 30-minute roundtable discussion with local businesses. And now, your host, Kirk Keller. Good morning and welcome to the Business Report. My name is Kirk Keller. I'm your host today. And i got a co-host in the studio today, Daniel Anderson with Flagler News Weekly. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Kirk. Thanks for having me on. I am so happy to announce that we have a, uh, a special guest on the show today. Attorney General Ashley Moody is on the phone. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. Great to be with you. Well, thank you for joining us. i, I got a real quick question. Um, uh, should we refer to you as Top Cop or uh, Attorney General Ashley Moody? <laughs> well, you know, I am the mother of a 13-year-old. You can imagine, I get called all kinds of names. Mama, Mom, I go by anything. No, so that's you're, fantastic. you're welcome to call me Ashley. That is fantastic. Ashley, where did you get the nickname of Top Cop? Well, you know, all of the AGs around the nation uh, work in various capacities with law enforcement. It just depends on what their constitutions permit and, um, and lay out. But in... In Florida, as you know, I work with a variety of law enforcement agencies, from statewide agencies to local, uh, county, and municipal agencies. And I have a statewide prosecutor and numerous prosecutors around our state that prosecute those cases. So I think Top Cop just refers to the top prosecutor in a jurisdiction that is working with law enforcement to make sure that... Uh, Bad guys and gals are put behind bars where they can't uh, harm citizens, and uh, work working hard to do that every day. As a citizen, that's what we appreciate to hear. We do want to put the bad guys behind bars. Here in Flagler County, our crime is down 54%, according to Sheriff Rick Staley. As far as the state of Florida is concerned, what is our status on crime? Are we up? Are we down from previous years? Yes, yeah, so Florida is uh, in the middle of about a 50-year uh, low crime rate. And Excellent. this is a trend that we have seen continue throughout the DeSantis administration. Uh, now, we are not immune from many of the pressures that other uh, states face or even large cities are facing outside of the state of Florida. We're not immune from that. We're trying to do everything that we can at the state level uh, to recognize those challenges and make sure that Florida is in the best position to fight back against crime. And thus far, that strategy has worked, and I'm really grateful to Governor DeSantis, who, you know, at, at no time when, when I've gone to him uh, or anyone really in the law enforcement community has gone to him and said, this is what we need, this is what we need for not only the morale of our ranks, but for the, the substantive preparation and training, he's always there and ready to help We've just seen remarkable results uh, here in Florida, which is really stark contrast to what you're seeing around the rest of the nation in some places. Uh, we were lucky enough to have Tomas Laris from the United Abolitionists here uh, speaking a few months ago. And I know human trafficking has been a huge um, issue that you've taken on. Uh, how are we doing with that? Well, Florida is a unique state in the sense that we have uh, industries that tend to attract human trafficking from our tourism industry. As you know, we celebrate everything from the major event in wrestling, WrestleMania to Super Bowls. In fact, we had Super Bowls back to back. I mean, it is remarkable the rate at which people want to come to and visit Florida. But with that, we know that presents challenges in human trafficking, as well as our agriculture industry. You know, we're always wanting to make sure that we're preventing labor trafficking. So, we are a large state. You would you would imagine that because of those industries, because of 
uh, the size of our state, we would have more instances of reported human trafficking. So we uh, have, are doing everything that we can in our power to make sure that we have uh, the right statutes in place to make sure that law enforcement uh, has the tools they need and our prosecutors once, you know, once a charge and once an arrest is made by a sheriff or a police um, officer, you have to have a prosecutor that will come in and do their job and follow up and make sure folks are put behind bars. And so we not only have dedicated prosecutors to work with them, um, we are making sure that our statewide council on human trafficking is staying on top of everything from where are our gaps and victim services to how do we combat this new market of technology, um, traffickers using social media. Uh, that's a challenge as well. You may have seen that I recently asked Mark Zuckerberg uh, to come and testify here in Florida to our Council on Human Trafficking. We noted that um, more than any other company, Meta had the highest numbers of their platforms where uh, they were involved in a human trafficking case when we surveyed law enforcement. So it's, it's an ever-evolving challenge, but one that Florida is leading the way, like we are in so many areas uh, across the nation. Um, states continue to reach out to us and seek uh, guidance and examples of how we have uh, chosen to dedicate our resources and focused on fighting traffickers and, and the atrocious crime of human trafficking. The number one movie this last weekend was The Sound of Freedom. It's brought up a lot of attention to human trafficking. Um, has that generated a, a, some more interest in your office, some more phone calls in your office of what Florida can do to prevent human trafficking, if that's possible? Well, Florida can help. Floridians can help uh, prevent human trafficking. And, and anybody in Florida can go to youcanstophht.com. It's a, a dedicated page that we try to put resources so that citizens can help be the eyes and ears out there in addition to our law enforcement officers. We wish that they could be everywhere at one time, but there's just no reasonable way for them to do that. And so we have come up with a statewide um, number for folks to report if they are suspicious of human trafficking. We've given them the signs to look out for. Uh, we have trained uh, transportation workers from airline employees to Uber drivers to truck drivers on keeping eyes out for victims or even suspicious folks that may be traffickers. And as a result, uh, we have um, prosecuted numerous cases across Florida. And I'm, I'm proud, and if I can for just a moment, I'll brag on the prosecutors in my office. We have a nearly 100% conviction rate uh, since I Fantastic. took office on human trafficking cases. And it's truly been one of my priorities, not just as Attorney General, but as you know, uh, I have a, a school-age kid at home and and, and it's, a, it's a cause that is near to my heart, knowing full well and seeing every day new ways in which they are exposed to dangers uh, through, you know, online activities and, and, and cyber. And so we've really tried to step up our game and training parents, warning parents, giving them tools that they can use to protect their children with online safety toolkits, keeping them abreast of the latest ways uh, folks are getting to children online. And we're also working with our school resource officers to make sure that they can engage with children, the children trust them. In fact, I just awarded a school resource officer in South Florida with um, an award, Officer of the Year, uh, because of his relationship and work in his school. He had a student come to him, and they were able to uh, go after and arrest a, a substitute teacher who had been uh, taking advantage of children. And okay. so 
this is what we want to encourage, right? We want to encourage law enforcement officers to be there, be at the ready, but we need Florida citizens, including our children, to have faith that they will follow up and do the right thing and go after these folks when they trust them enough to give them the information. So I encourage all Floridians to participate and uh, be one of our eyes and ears out there on the road. Keep this state safe. So, Ashley, are these programs mandatory, or do the school systems have to sign up for them for the AG's office to get them in the system? Well, we have, uh, in terms of our school resource officers, we have worked with them in terms of coming up with a campaign called High Hallway Heroes, uh, and we're... There are both sheriff's deputies and there are also uh, police officers and guardians that are assigned in different schools around our state. We just want our kids to know that they're there if they want to talk to them, if if they have um, seen anything uh, or, or something that they suspect may be a crime, that they can go to those folks. So those those officers are, are being made aware of the program, and they will use that as, as they um, wish with their school administration uh, to connect with their kids. One last question about human trafficking from me is where does Florida rank as far as human trafficking? Well, it's a hard, you know, and, and I, a stat that is often used, and I almost think it doesn't give Florida a fair shake. Yes, you know, Florida's the third largest state. So anytime anyone gives raw numbers of anything, we're generally the third largest because we're the third largest state. Uh, one of the numbers that's thrown out a lot is there's a national human trafficking hotline, and that receives uh, calls and tips. And one of the stats that's used sometimes is Florida uh, is the state mentioned in, you know, the third highest number of calls to the human trafficking hotline. Um, we would expect that to be a large number because we are the largest state. We do have those specific industries I talked to you about previously from tourism to uh, agriculture. We are rapidly expanding uh, those industries as well because Florida continues to grow. So it's a hard number to gauge, but I can tell you confidently, we continue to rake among the best of those that are fighting back. We continue to be an example for other states. And every year we are tre- tweaking our laws and making it easier on our law enforcement officials and prosecutors to go after these traffickers. So with, without even a hint of hesitation, I can tell you, Florida is the best at, at fighting human trafficking, and we will continue uh, to lead the way and set the example for our nation. So is it possible that any of those numbers are a result of the awareness that's been created for it and um, the willingness for people to come forward because they know there will be some action? Absolutely. So, you know, part of the reason I think we get calls, number one, we have developed our own hotline here in Florida um, for folks to call. Uh, we have a, a dedicated resources online. You can stop HT. We have a summit every year. Uh, I invite anyone to register. It's open to the public. Um, Human Trafficking Summit. Uh, go online and register. We often have participants from every state, uh, even outside our country, that are trying to see what Florida is doing and how we are fighting back. So, yes, as you can imagine, you could probably hear it in my voice. I see. <laughs> I am extraordinarily passionate about this issue. I have been speaking out against it, raising awareness since I became the Attorney General, and folks are paying attention. And the help that we're getting um, from just, you know, private citizens around the state has been remarkable. So, yes, I hope that those calls keep coming in. I would expect that we'll continue to, to rank up there in terms of calls to hotlines because we are truly making this uh, a number one priority to fight back against here in Florida. 
fantastic. Actually, I want to take a fast commercial break. When we come back from this commercial, I want to talk about our open borders and immigration. This is the Business Report. We'll be right back right after this. Yes, absolutely. Palm Coast is blessed to have a company like this. Owners that care about not only about the community, but they care about hiring within Palm Coast and providing um, nice salaries for those that live here. And they, they really, truly invest back within. Good morning and welcome back to the Business Report. I'm your host, Kirk Keller. In the studio with me this morning is Danielle Anderson with Flagler News Weekly. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning, Kirk. Glad to be here. On the phone with us this morning is Attorney General Ashley Moody for the state of Florida. Good morning again, Ashley. Good morning to you. So we were talking earlier before the commercial break uh, uh, about human trafficking, The Sound of Freedom, the movie that came out. It's the number one movie nationwide. It's brought a lot of attention to human trafficking, and it seems like Florida is doing a great job of doing all they can to protect us from human trafficking. But it also brings into the question of immigration. As far as I'm concerned, and I lived in Texas for 15 years, as far as I'm concerned, Florida has more open borders than Texas. Texas is protected you know, almost you know, by three sides and then open to Mexican side. Uh, here in Florida, we've got borders unopened to everywhere because we're surrounded by water. How can we help prevent immigration. I know Texas is putting up a fence. I don't see Florida putting up a fence. Well, you don't see a fence. Obviously, we're surrounded by water. But, but what is happening, and I'm and again, I, I have to um, thank our dedicated law enforcement men and women here in Florida, both our statewide agencies, Florida Highway Patrol, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, as well as our county sheriffs have really stepped up not only have they sent folks out to Texas to help them there, they have started operations to, to better patrol our own borders uh, and, and kind of filling in the gaps where Secretary Mayorkas and Biden have failed utterly to protect even the state of Florida's borders. And they've had a great success there. And, and really, that's what's happening every day, day in, day out, whether folks are seeing it on the news or not. You have a lot of states that have felt the affects of Biden's open border. And you have to call it that because regardless of your political affiliation previously as a president, Democrat or Republican, in, in terms of following federal law, we, ha- we have never seen such a complete, not just abdication of the, of, of the role and the responsibility of protecting our homeland by a secretary and a president, but, but purposeful, deceitful, manipulative approaches to circumvent federal law, build other programs, wholly illegal programs outside of federal law to encourage more people to flood into our nation. And that's why you're seeing historic numbers, millions of people encountered, numbers like that we have never seen before in the history of our country under any other president or secretary And it's frightening. And while you'll often hear them say, well, they're down from a month before or they're down from a year ago. Note, there are two reasons for that. Number one, they've never been higher. So when they're comparing numbers, they're comparing them to numbers that were surging as they broke down the border after Biden got in office. So they're comparing them to their own tragic, devastating numbers. 
And number two, this whole time, they have been building pathways for other people to come outside of what Congress has allowed by law to try and what I call like almost launder the numbers. So they are building these other programs for more people to come and not including them in the numbers that they're giving you. And it is it is absolutely astounding and, and really placing a challenge on states. So from our criminal justice systems to our educational systems to health care, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money for taxpayers to bear, and some states are bearing it higher than others because that is where these these folks are either sent by the Biden administration or they are headed. And so it is a true challenge. No one wants folks to live in dangerous um, places. No one wants to face things that we can't imagine here in this country. But we have to be prudent and strategic and financially responsible when we are taking on burdens on behalf of our taxpayers and our citizens, American citizens. It is a it is a challenge to every state. So as you know, I have been active and aggressive in pushing back on this administration. Just just yesterday, I demanded that Congress zero out the salary of Secretary Mayorkas, who has failed to do his job and should not be called the Secretary of Homeland Security when he has done exactly the opposite and worked against the security of our homeland. I believe your letter addressed the whole idea of Homeland Security uh, enforcing immigration laws that they have not been enforcing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's all there in black and white. In fact, as Mayorkas was saying, we don't need more resources. We've got this. We can control the border. There's not a crisis. At the same time, he was asking for less money from Congress and asking for less beds to house people. More and more people were coming, and his plan the entire time, and it has played out now, was to mass release people into the U.S. in violation of federal law. And now that a judge is watching and actually has taken a sample of those numbers to his mass release, and when it is shown that so many of those never fail to appear and never get proceedings brought and started and initiated against them, it is clear that this is Mayorkas' plan, right? Just to open up the border, mass release everybody in, in violation of federal law. And in fact, at the same time, he will say, well, none of those people... None of that is a danger to our nation, even though we are intercepting the highest number of people on the terrorist watch list in the history of this country because of their breakdown in security of that border. And what he will say is the biggest risk to this country are domestic terrorists, well, let me ask American you, citizens. Let me ask you about this, because we hear about the, 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 some of these illegal uh, folks coming over here, that they're doing it, they're breaking the law. But they're also, after they get here, they're raping, they're killing they're murdering, um, uh, they're stealing. What's that percentage for us? I mean, have we see a, do we see a rise in crime when we have these outrageous immigration crossovers? Well, that was the first suit that we brought um, here in Florida against the Biden administration. Within month one, I had sheriffs calling me and saying, well, they're telling us to cancel detainers, that we have holds on people that have committed crimes here, that are here illegally, and that they would have under previous administrations, been deported back to their countries of origin. And this president and this secretary came in right away and said, nope, we're not going to do that anymore. And the sheriff said they're telling us to release them back into the community. So I was one of the first AGs to bring suit against the Biden administration and saw exactly what was happening, 
what this what this administration was doing. It's not just um, it's not just the the opening up the border, mass release people people on parole at the border. It's letting people out that are here illegally committing crimes from our jails without deporting them. It, it's unbelievable. And you know, I, I know you're in North Florida. You know, soon thereafter, or at least within the year. We had, you know, somebody brought here by the Biden administration posing as a child because one of the major, major problems when you have policies that encourage more people to come, and we know that Secretary Mayorkas was warned by his own Border Patrol that their policies in month one of the Biden administration would encourage a historic flood because we uncovered it in litigation. But one of the problems when you have that mass surge of people coming to a country with the inability to fully process and vet and establish proceedings to ensure that these are people that are going to uh, be productive members of our country and society is you have folks get in that are dangerous. So we had a person coming in posing as a child, was not a child, and ended up murdering a father of four. So We have had you know, folks come in that have killed deputies. We have had folks come in that have shot at officers. You know, these are these are these are things that could be prevented if we had an actual border. But as a federal judge said in one of our cases, this administration has turned our border into nothing more than a line in the sand. So yesterday they actually sued uh, Governor Babbitt um, for trying to protect the Texas border. You know, where do you see this, the state's rights and sovereignty versus the U.S. government's jurisdiction? And this is the one of the things I addressed in Congress. Uh, I urged them to... Fund programs where states can step in and will be reimbursed for their expenses when they do the job that this executive fails and refuses to do. Uh, you know, Florida is one of those states. Texas is one of those states. I could go on and on. You know, the reality is that many of the states that would have deemed themselves sanctuary states, once they were presented with the challenge of dealing with a surge, as many other states had been dealing with for a really long time. They're like, no, we can't do this. How can you expect us to do this? This is fiscally impossible. We can't keep up. New York is a great example. And so one of the things I've said to Congress is like, look, you can no longer presume that this president has this country's best interest at heart when it comes to protecting and securing our borders. You cannot presume that the Secretary of Homeland Security primary goal is going to be protecting our homeland. You have to fund the states that are stepping up and doing that. And I think it's important that you pointed that out about Governor Abbott. They desperately, over years, have been trying to do what they can without the help of, usually, and almost working against them by this administration, protecting their border. So they come up with a new method. They find the money. They, they take a long time and are very uh, diligent in, in erecting this barrier. They do it themselves because they're not getting any help. It's not even any help. It's, it's just the work against them by this administration. The policies are encouraging more and more and more people to come across. And yesterday, the federal government and the Biden administration said, oh, yeah, not thank you for doing our job for us. They said, yeah, no, I see that you've done something to control the border surge. We're going to sue you and make you take it down. It's unbelievable. The president of the United States is suing a state 
to make them take down a protective barrier for this country. Think about that. It's crazy. One last question. We have about two minutes left to go, and I'm going to switch gears a little, a little bit and go to cyber crimes in Florida. I just did a show the other day on deep fakes, and deep fakes, I think, are very harmful to this country. country. You know, just recently there was a deep fake about Donald Trump saying something that he swears up and down he never said. Then a deep fake came out about Obama saying something about Biden, that Obama saying, that's not me, I never said that. What is Florida, what's the AG's office doing to move forward to combat deep fakes and these fake uh, internet posts and these fake videos and these fake pictures. Because I tell you what, I, I think I'm pretty savvy, Ashley, and I fell for one for about three weeks ago uh, on on 100 uh, in Flagler Beach. I posted a picture that someone had sent me. I thought it was real. Um, Chief Matt Downey called me, goes, Kirk, that's a fake picture. I'm like, what? It doesn't look fake to me. What are we doing about deep fakes uh, to protect the citizens? Well, this is going to be a challenge for every jurisdiction, every state, even the federal government, to ensure that our laws are amended or we add laws to protect Floridians and against this rapidly evolving technology uh, of AI and all that comes along with that. You may have seen most recently I was warning about voice cloning scams. Yes. Where folks are taking traditional scams, like the grandparent scam, where someone calls you and tells you they have your grandchild in custody and they need grand, they need money to bail them out immediately. Now they can get your voice and use that in demanding money, making it sound like your child or your relative. It, it's incredibly scary what technology can do now. And so I think you'll see a lot of jurisdictions evaluating their laws making sure that they are written in a way that would include scams and fraud uh, like the ones that you have described. I know that uh, legislators in Florida really looked at that last year and, again, will um, do that this year. Uh, and, and you may have seen, and uh, I hope that you did, and I, and I hope Floridians are aware, in Florida I have just launched in conjunction with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement uh, team uh, called a Cyber Fraud um, enforcement unit, and we're trying to fill in the resource gaps where our federal partners uh, may not be able to address all of the cases as we know that they are ex- exponentially increasing as technology has increased. And so we're trying to uh, fill in that gap in terms of law enforcement and analysts and trained prosecutors relating to cyber fraud and related offenses. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Florida's that. ahead of the game as we are in many other areas, but this is really going to make, you know, the first layer of protection is making sure Floridians are aware of the recent scams and trends. And I appreciate you uh, focusing on that and, and using yourself as an example. Well, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because just yesterday, actually, we found out about a, a lady on Facebook, and I call it Facebook, not Facebook, on Facebook <laughs> that uh, was charging people for stuff that she didn't really have. She wasn't really in control of it. But she charged one person in Ormond Beach. She charged one person in Flagler Beach. She charged another person here in Bunnell. And when the, they went to go make the police report, she was going to have to make three different police reports. And she's, she just gave up. So she's going to be out like 300 bucks or something like that. But, you know, every $50 counts in this day and age. What can we do to get past these city lines these, and these county lines to make one police report and get that criminal arrested? Well, I'm, you know, you're highlighting exactly why we brought the Cyber Fraud Enforcement Unit, uh, and that is to make sure that we are addressing as a whole 
some of the smaller cases, when you look at the dollar amounts themselves, might be small, meaning the FBI may not touch that. But when you compile those and they're cumulative, it's, it's a pretty big crime uh, and certainly will affect more victims. So that's why we, we did this in a way that we could cover more than one jurisdiction and address a cumulative act by a defendant. Uh, and we often see in those cases they involve more defendants, maybe at a smaller dollar amount. I can, I'm proud to say we just rolled out the cyber fraud unit uh, last week, and my team is already hard at work. We've recovered hundreds of thousands of dollars wow. already and announced some great cases. But this is one of the areas I identified as attorney general that was a gap, and we've been working hard to make sure that we're, um, we're creating that so that we can complement what has already been being done uh, at a higher dollar amount, larger cases by the federal government, uh, and we're excited about that. I'm, I'm, here. I'm running out of time, but I want to ask this one quick question. Will a cyber fraud agent be representative in every county? Well, we hope that this team will work. Of course, it will have statewide analysts and agents and, and prosecutors, and we're hopeful that that team will work with our law enforcement agencies all over the state uh, to partner and go after these folks. So this will be a collaborative uh, a unit, but one that can be uh, brought together and, and um, steered by our statewide groups. Yes, I would encourage law enforcement officers and agents uh, around the state of our various jurisdictions to work with that unit, and that will help piece together when you have crimes that may cross uh, boundaries in our state. All right, fantastic. Ashley, that, our time is up. Thank you very much. Attorney General Ashley Moody on the air with us today uh, talking about several things, immigration from crime, cyber crimes. She is the top cop for Florida. So, Ashley, thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank you. Great to be with you. All right. Bye-bye. That's the business report for this week. We'll see you next Saturday.